It's just up to me and decide when I want to go. What is up, everyone? This is Press X to Ramble. Press X to Ramble is a podcast where we get to ramble out whatever we want. And today we're rambling about Loki. If you're listening to this, you're only getting half the experience. To get the full experience, you have to go to pressxnumber2start.com slash YouTube, which takes you to our YouTube channel. And there, you'll be able to watch this video and our other videos. And then, make sure you like, subscribe, and... Oh, I, I have a note here. To watch our beautiful black faces. Yes. Do that. Beautiful black faces. I, I am your I, host today. I agree with only two of those words. <laughs> beautiful and black. <laughs> I mean, like, what, like, the faces aren't, aren't a thing. We don't have faces. Just, I'll, I'll let you believe what you believe. <laughs> I am your host today, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Bad Choices, a.k.a. Did you know that once Loki went into the void, yes, we are going to start straight and spoiler, so sorry about that. Once he goes into the void, there are a plethora of Easter eggs, one of them being the Thanos copter. Yes, the Thanos copter actually makes its uh, tragic demise in, in the void. It's second MCU sort of... Uh... Uh, uh, I guess appearance because his blade in Endgame in Infinity yeah. War is the blade from the. It's supposed to be a helicopter blade. Oh, it's actually supposed to be. Yes, that right. was where they. That was where their big reference to the Thanos copter was initially. Gotcha. That's fun. That's fun. All right. Well, who are you? Uh, I am Avery Williams. Uh, not just to keep it moving from there. I'm Avery. Hey guys, <laughs> I've been here. I've been here a bit. Good, good. And then, and then last up. I am Jordan, a.k.a. Jordan Odinson. <laughs> from, from Earth 9... No, 187. I guess. <laughs> no, 187. Three, three, 342. Whatever right. parallel dimension that has free ice cream. Oh, wait. Free, like... Um... Uh, a dairy, dairy free ice cream, or, or is this like a bug's nest situation? This is mm. a situation where my head cannon is my head cannon and should not be ridiculed. Keep it oh. moving. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that being said, let's talk about Loki. Actually, before we do that, I just want to make a note that um, my baby girl is off screen to my my right. The baby. Girl. Your your little right little well baby the baby yeah so I might be uh moving back and forth but you know I, I'll uh, mute my mic and do all that good stuff so yeah let's go let's talk about Loki um <laughs> so as I said before in our little intro we're not gonna do the typical spoiler free section and then spoiler we're just gonna talk about it because at this point you're not clicking on this if you ain't watched Loki okay. We know this. We DJ didn't put that effort into making this really cool thumbnail, which I'm assuming is really cool if you didn't watch Loki already. Right. So, uh, with that being said, we can give our quick impressions about what we felt, or how we... What what was our our, our take on this uh, Loki series? So, let's... Avery, you can start first. Okay, so, uh, prior to this, when, of the three... Uh, Disney Plus Marvel shows we knew were happening. Falcon and Winter Soldier, WandaVision, and Loki. Loki was the one I was the least excited for. Uh, I don't don't give a shit. No, that's not true. I like the character of Loki, 
but I'm not in love with him the way most of the MCU audience is. I have a thing of, with heroes and anti-heroes and villains and everything like that, and the the joy of a character like Loki doesn't supersede the villainy of a character like Loki. Mm-hmm. And he's the character that straight up never... I, I have a hard time reconciling this character. I'm supposed to love and root for this character when this is the same character who was in New York City causing mass havoc, mass casualties with an alien invasion, and at no point seems to have repented for that. Like, he gets thrown in jail in Thor Dark World, but, like, he quickly gets out of jail and then ends up running, like, running Asgard. Like, I'm saying his death by Thanos' hands was the greatest comeuppance that character deserved. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I feel about the Loki character. And so I wasn't very... I was very interested going into this show about a variant of Loki that I don't care about because I have another big hang-up about multiverse and time travel in regards to how they fuck up a narrative and fuck up the cohesion of a narrative. So I, wasn't, I didn't really care about this. I thought it was just me throw away. I was immediately impressed by the first episode. I was like, but the second episode, I'm like, oh, they've got something going here. Third episode, I was like, oh, never mind. Ah, uh, I'll... <laughs> All my fucking annoyances and fears about the show are the same. Episode four. Okay, this is an interesting choice. This feels like an end of a series. There are two more episodes to go. Mm-hmm. Episode five. A lot of this is bullshit. I don't give a shit about most of this episode. A lot of cool ideas in it, but like, whatever. This is kind of dumb. Episode six. The issue with all the other Marvel shows, for the most part, is how they've ended. Loki is the only yeah. one that I think 100% nailed its ending and then went above and beyond in regards to my expectations and my belief in what this show was going to be. It's now, of the three, it's not my favorite. But okay. I think it's the one that executed its ending and essentially its premise the most and ultimately has the biggest implication for Marvel going forward, which is super exciting. And what, what I wasn't really expecting from any of these shows. Mm. Okay, okay. Uh, Jordan? Um, I share both of the same sentiment in this series, but I was thoroughly excited for it compared to the other three Marvel TV shows that we got this summer. Um, I think WandaVision and Captain Falcon, uh, sorry, Falcon and Winter Soldier, we have a pretty good understanding of those, who, of those two characters in our content, but I think Loki... At least how it was being presented was going to be this mystical, you know, like out of out of else worlds type experience of subjects that we haven't seen from Marvel yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was a big fan of the Doctor Strange series yeah. or the Doctor Strange movie compared to a lot of the other Marvel okay. films. So I thought that this was going to like really get into how strange, how different Marvel can get, and I think that's where Marvel is the strongest when it's away from the Avengers, when it's away from like the core hierarchy and getting you know like let's get weird with this shit you know like, let's get fucking strange like where's Mephisto at or whatever you know so what we see I mean, in the stained glass right maybe yeah, that I don't know mean? I was looking yeah. for the guy he doesn't exist yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I like, looking for him acknowledging Mephisto is hey we have to acknowledge some sort of religious theocracy in this world yeah <laughs> but in terms of like you know shows and everything yeah there was a bit of a bell curve i think it started off fairly strong in the first one like that was a pretty comedic first episode and you know hitting that classic marvel stick but then going into like the i think the second or third one 
when it had them trying to get to that ship, I was like, all right, this is dumb. But it ended okay. very strong. The third, the third, the third episode the, is bad. Third episode. It, it ended pretty strong, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with the giant reveal. And I was like, even though that was kind of spoiled in the chat, I was like, you know what? It was good enough. What's funny is it's only spoiled in the chat because after our Black Widow ramble, me and Jordan had an interesting conversation after the fact about what I thought was going to be a Loki and like what happened is what I called. And so I went into our group chat just being nondescript as possible, forgetting that me and Jordan had this conversation and said, I fucking called it. And Jordan's response is, I'm just going to ignore everything about what you just said and just going to keep it moving. Oh, okay, okay. Because I read that. I was like, did I miss something? Only thing I only had to say is lesson learned. So, <laughs> other than that, um, yeah, the, it was it was a pretty strong series. It, it was a it is it is a surprising method of truly bringing this phase four into context. Like this is like yeah. this is we're about to get weird, everybody. We're not right. doing this fucking good guy bad guy shit. We're about to get really weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, like I I, I kind of follow you guys same sentiment. I will say though, for me. I actually enjoyed the the show like my my enjoyment for the show ramped up after every episode. So there was mm-hmm. never really a moment where it felt like it dropped for me. The episode 3 when they were on Lamentis and like I just I loved their interactions. There was there was some spotty points in there when it's just like What's going on right now? There, but like, there are strong moments in that Lamentis episode. Yeah, yeah. That was when they but, were like together looking over the lake. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It ended. It well, it ended there. But Loki, yeah. Loki, lo, 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 I mean, lo, I know, I know. We get this to this later, but you know, Loki's just and Loki's kind of weird. Just saying, kiss, kissing yourself. I mean, he can turn into like a horse. That's a thing that happens in the actual mythology. How narcissistic uh, <laughs> can you be when you fall in love with yourself? That's all I got to say. <laughs> that's how we got Fenrir. Um, no, that's how, like, got, that's how we got Sleipner. Sleipner is it? Sleipner. Sleipner's the horse. You're right. You're right. You're Fenris right. the wolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So like, I, I, I really, really enjoyed this show. It was one of those things where, when I, you know, saw the slate of of TV shows, it was Wandavision. Wandavision. I was probably the most like, I don't really know how I'm gonna like this. And even watching that, like the first two episodes, mm-hmm. I enjoyed, but I enjoyed more after knowing the full context of everything. So going back and seeing it was like, okay, this this is more impactful now. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Falcon and Winter Soldier is a thing where I love that show. I love that show for the blackness of it and what it for the whole Isaiah Bradley and the whole like um, Falcon becoming Captain America. Like I love it for that. There was points in there it was just kind of like, all right, like they got kneecapped because of the whole COVID thing. So like that's another thing where I kind of. I understand that that's that show is every every like, week. I would just wait and see if I see Bucky or Captain Falcon rushing down the street. Cause a lot of that show took place in Baltimore. Like, go oh, get him, yeah. go get him, Winter <laughs> Soldier, fight, fight the police. I guess are they good? Bad? Hydra, right? <laughs> so yeah, like so for that show, like I understood, like that's kind of working off of a lo- uh, of a of a handicap. Whereas Loki was was the one show where I was just like. I don't really know what we're going to get out of this. And from the start, it was it for me, because I just didn't have any kind of history or knowledge of this. I was pretty much a kid in the candy shop. Just like, oh, my God, TVA, the time. What? They can they can they can prune people. They can, what? Like, what what is going on? So I just had so many questions. So like that 
more so intrigued me than uh, pushed me away, I guess. So yeah, like I really, really enjoyed Loki all the way up to the end. Like I, I thought there was some really, really strong moments, and even at the end when, I guess again we are spoiling stuff. I just feel weird, like just outright spoiling stuff. But when Sylvie pushed Loki out of the, um, the, the castle uh, at the end of time. Yeah, yeah, and like he was looking at the screen. For me, it felt like that moment he flipped and he is like a good guy now. No, like the moment, the moment. Speak on that point, and that's one of the things I want to talk about with Sisley with this with this version of Loki, especially with me going into this, not giving a shit about this character at all. I think they did a good job doing what essentially three movies had to do with turning Loki into a anti-hero in this show convincingly to the point when he gets that moment with Sylvie where they're offered where they're offered again essentially the future of the Marvel universe. And she makes a very selfish choice. And, mm-hmm. and he makes the altruistic choice, but everyone yeah. thinks he's making the selfish choice. That, that's the moment I'm like, oh, this is where he becomes the good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, was, I was saying the same thing to, to my wife, Shireen, because you guys know. Anyways, I was saying the same thing to her. It was just like, the, the show does a really, really interesting thing where it, it's, it starts and you know you only know loki as the loki but then to tva there are other lokis and to them this loki is the quote-unquote inferior loki to sylvie like sylvie is supposed to sylvie is put as the like superior loki like she she's Mm -hmm. stronger than this loki she's smarter than this loki because she's gotten away from them or whatever but then as you as 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 the show progresses and it gets to the end you see uh like, like for example um the Loki fight where a bunch of different Lokis, it's like all these Lokis are unable to change. They're unable to <laughs> break away from their own systems and they all just want to rule something. And, and ultimately it just means nothing because they fight their and... basic instincts are consistent across well, yeah. all universes. Yes. Which right. is mischief and survival. And to that point of Loki's and their ability to change and why I, take umbrage with the idea of Sylvie being the superior Loki. I think that's more of in jest and joking and things like that. It, like, mm-hmm. if, we take, if we take at faith what the TVA calls the sacred timeline, the Loki that we're presented with is the, is the Loki. It's just taking it at a point earlier in his time than he was supposed to. Well, he was, I mean, why, why would you say that he's like the Loki, though? Because I, essentially, he because was... The only, like, if we're, like I said, if we're looking at the sacred timeline, which... It's what they, it, we'll get to that later. We're looking at the sacred timeline. The only difference between this Loki and the Loki that we've, that we watch in all the Marvel movies mm-hmm. is that this Loki at the end of civil, at the end of the Avengers got, got away. That's the only difference. Well, the, okay. the Sylvie Loki is a completely different Loki altogether right. and a completely right, right, different right. branch altogether. I don't think either one of them is superior or inferior because in regards to their power, well, oh, I, I, well, oh, here's a here's I, I, thing. Wait, 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 when... Real quick, I, I will mm-hmm. say though, like I, I just to push back on that just a little bit. I think in the show, because Mobius presents Sylvie as that superior Loki, Loki starts to question yes. himself, like I, you know, aren't I good enough, or whatever? But then at the in the void when he's talking to the other Lokis, he's like he's propping uh, Sylvie up because he's like, look, look, we're all guys. Sylvie is a girl, like she's different from us like she is the one essentially so like he almost plays into it but it's it's one of those things where to finish my thought about change ultimately sylvie is a character 
doesn't change. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, but, I don't. I, I. Well, I don't think that she is the one. I just think that they proper was the one. Then it turns out she's actually just another Loki. It's this, just our Loki is the one that is this Loki the one. being like the, the the Loki that we follow, the one being considered the Loki a part of the timeline. His timeline did get pruned because well, when they when they took him out of it, that, that universe with the you know. Like I said, he's not our Loki. He's not our Loki, but out of all the Lokis that we see in the show, he's the closest that we can get to the Loki that we all know and remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. So Did they ever discuss? I mean, well, like when 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 they were when they were fucking around in Endgame going back to specific times, which inevitably was them going to different dimensions to collect the stones. So was it ever ever, it's Go go ahead, Avery. Because I, I have my own theory about like the whole stones, well, where, like, what they're tied to. Because like it's it's by the logic of this show, the minute they left it those time the minute fucking uh, War Machine cold cocked uh, Star Lord and left with the stone, and Thanos dipped as well, that universe is destroyed. There's no going back to it because it gets destroyed by the logic of this show because of the alteration that they made. This is not a, this is not a reality that they can go back to put the stone back and it will go back to normal. They've changed things. Mm-hmm. That being said, I like it's this is where I this is like uh, one of the things I love and hate about the I show. I mean why me science. It's it's <laughs> no it's, it's not science. It's fucking I know. it's, it's <laughs> happy. I <laughs> multi-dimensional and time travel stories are so tricky to write in a yeah. ongoing narrative because they make everything else you do inconsequential. Except for Bill and Ted. <laughs> I like the, when Endgame introduced time travel and they introduced it like, hey, we can't change our past. We can't change our future with anything we do. We're creating a branching timeline for everything we do. That made sense because that, that I, I went with that. Like, I, I went with that because like, it, that meant that they everything they did in the, Everything they did in time travel meant nothing, but everything that it would have effect... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. Ultimately, it meant that the world that these characters inhabit is the world that they inhabit. There's nothing they can do to change that world via time travel. They only... It was essentially... So time travel in, only works in going in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, in, yeah. In, in Marvel. Yeah, yeah. 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 But then okay. this show, and spoiler to its ending, ultimately doesn't even create the multiverse. It just unleashes the multiverse on the, on the rest of the world. And that's where I'm like, if they don't play this right, everything they do going forward is not going to matter. I that their goal though, just have so fun. so because, like ultimately. <laughs> what, here, 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 here's 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 what's going through my head is that say they make a Marvel movie and oh, wait, like, wait 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 let me let me let me because there's I, I wanted to I wanted to to, to pose my theory on the stones yeah. yeah and then also kind of talk about like the whole multiverse thing too so in terms of how i see it eva said that they have a bunch of stones and the stones only work in the particular dimensions right which mm-hmm. is a thing that holds true from the comics as well right so in my mind i i looked at that as okay so Okay, so the reason why the Avengers were able to grab their stones is because they worked within their own timeline, in their own dimension. 
Oh, I so, just got. I literally just got what you're talking about right now, and that is yeah. a major problem with their with their time travel bull, bullshit between these shows. Right. That's so yeah. So so in the Avengers, they they went back in their own timeline, in their own dimension, and grabbed those stones from the past. Where at, mm-hmm. and then that's why that's why Steve had to go and return those stones back to the particular past. Where they were. To, yeah, to to enact the exact same future that everyone. The only is, the only right re- the, the problem with that is that they interfered in all of those realities in some way. Some and there, there were branches. The one branch being Loki escaping. Like the Loki custody. escaping is a branch. Yeah, yeah. The Loki escaping is a branch, but it's a branch that disrupted the sacred timeline, and that's why they got they grabbed them because that wasn't supposed to happen. But that so, happened because they went in the past, but. By, by so, the 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 issue with that is that we saw the beginning of Guardians One, where Star Lord does his dance, gets the stone, and walks out. What you're saying, Meow, is that at some point during that walk, he got knocked out by War Machine, woke up, and then went back to do that dance like nothing happened, and Thanos is gone. Yes. <laughs> I mean that 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 specific. I don't. I don't. I honestly. I don't. I don't know. But like in in my mind, like I am trying to piece it together because in that way it makes sense. Where and and if TVA is essentially like the fourth dimension, the fourth dimension is higher than the third dimension, like our reality. So they're they are able to grab the different stone. Well, they work at a different power level, so the stones don't have. Uh, the stones don't have any power in their realm because yes, I think yes, that I think works. That conjecture makes sense. That it's mm, not right. that the stones go, don't work in other dimensions. It's that the TVA is outside of all dimensionality, exactly. so that they won't have any effect here. That yeah. But that what fuck? What, what what got me was at the end where when Loki went back, he went back to a, a different TVA. Okay. Is that the same TVA, but because it's multiverse now, it's like... Yeah, we are, our TVA is running adjacent to these well, timelines. Yes, and this is my fucking problem with multiverse and time travel. Everything is inconsequential. <laughs> the simplest answer in which I thought when I watched it is that the branching of reality has affected all realities. So that when right. he went back into that old world, it's a world now where someone is run- another person is running the TVA. It is the t- it's the same TVA that we all know know and love. There is no other TVA running around because then that creates another big can of worms of so there's so there's multiple factions across realities, all policing realities. You know what? I, I okay. So what you just said kind of made sense to me. I wonder if it's a thing where um, when Sylvie pushed Loki. Okay, so when when Sylvie and Loki. Uh, left the void, went to the castle outside of time. Time is still happening. Yes. Like, things are still happening. And I wonder if when they were talking to Kang and Kang was like, oh, we reached the threshold. At that point, things started to blend and mesh and so on and so forth. So when, when Loki went back, by the time Loki got back to the TVA, things had meshed so badly that he is in the same place, but with 
reality is a folding in on itself. Different, different dimensions. On, on top of yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, uh, I have two thoughts on that. One is that we're talking about Kane the Conqueror spoilers through the end of the show and its big reveal. Uh, mm-hmm. And a big thing about his character is be able to move backwards and forwards in time. And it's there's an easy explanation of that. Kang walked. Kang knew walked into the background of this the TVA's existence and just moved forward with it. And that's what created a new reality. And the second is, this is the conversation I had privately with Marcus in that this is how they get the X-Men into the Marvel Universe without fucking things up. Yeah. Like, yeah. literally, with, yeah. in this scene, Loki walked into, the, into our reality, and it changed. And because yeah. he was outside of it, he was the only person who recognized it changed. So literally now, they can go into, they can go into Marvel movies going forward and just say, mutants are a thing, mutants are a thing. Yeah. Right. already been there. Yeah, I mean, didn't didn't they? Isn't there a rumor that the the guy that arm was broken in was one, Black was Widow is gonna be mutant. the first mutant or something? Yeah, no, that's just one. a dude who that's just a dude who like got like a tongue in cheek callback to an actual Marvel character, being like, "No, I am the Marvel character, Ursula Major." Oh, really? Yeah, there's a Marvel. Wants- no, no, no tra- I know, I know, Ursula. Ma- yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I okay. believe the character, or either he's listed in the credits, or some bullshit. His name is Ursa. Which is and everyone like oh like Earth like Earth's major like the the talking Russian bear that's cool mm-hmm. and then that guy's like oh yes I'm going to play on this I am Earth's <laughs> oh, major yeah. get that get that Marvel money dog everyone right. went, I was like <laughs> I mean even even the chick that played Taskmaster is like I am open to coming back like yeah you're open for another paycheck fuck yeah Oakland was a good enough actress and they did I think there's enough that you can do with Taskmaster that she could show up later and I wouldn't be mad but this guy no. If they everybody cast, everybody, yeah, got, everybody if wants doing, a little bit of that that, that uh, Disney Disney coin, Disney credit card. That's what's all that guy's arm broke by. Right? Ursa Major getting recapped like big time, and no one's gonna notice it. <laughs> yeah, they make money off the cons. Like I was in, I was in Black Widow for two minutes. Let me sign your childs. Sign my baby, please. <laughs> all right, so uh, let us talk about the moments of this show. Um. So I guess in a way, uh, we'll just do Young Sylvie. So uh, Avery, you mentioned that that was a, a big moment for you. That was, uh, I, I, like I said, I enjoyed Young Sylvie happened at the beginning of episode four. Am I correct? Let mm-hmm. me check. Okay, yeah. So it was just after fucking the one of the worst episodes of the show I watched. And I'm like, <laughs> this immediately brought this back. To, oh, this is the show I'm watching. Thank God. And it, it this was the ep, this was the episode was like oh this is the multiverse this is not time travel. The minute I saw Young okay. Sylvie, because like if this was time travel, th- that that doesn't like that doesn't that doesn't, work doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Loki, right, like right. if this is time travel, this is a fake timeline. Loki will always be a young boy. Yeah, you always be that. So the only way that there could be this branch is if it's a completely different multiversal reality, and mm-hmm. that's why they're pruning things so it doesn't differ. But then yeah. you get to the dumb argument of, cool, the minute Loki was born a girl, they should have pruned it there instead of waiting till she's like nine and like living her best life, probably not going to grow up and be the evil villain, <laughs> villain yeah. of Loki and then pruned her for no godforsaken reason. But I generally love that moment because it really sets the tone for why the character Sylvie is the way she is. Yeah, because unlike yeah. our Loki, who we don't necessarily see a lot of his childhood, we're more told about his childhood. She seemed, she seemed to have no problems. This, isn't a, this, this doesn't seem like a little girl. Like, the only thing, way they could have made this seem better is that they had cast a young Thor at that time and real, truly trans, uh, truly shown the differences between 
those two realities to a certain extent. Mm. But they didn't because I think they wanted to uh, really keep on the mystique of how this whole show works. But I think it's like a really strong moment for that Philby character. Right. Okay. Jordan, well, it's a one, of, one of the moments for you. Out of these six we have in front of us? I'm just, it could be one of these or it could be whatever come to mind for you. I mean, Kang's introduction was pretty dope. You know, the good old-fashioned R&B cover. (laughs) Entrance and killed it out. Completely insane. Oh, my God. That's one thing Marvel loves is a little bit of derangement in their evil characters. I mean, he did this. Now, like, um, it's it's hard to find a Marvel character without type of mental deficiency. You know, without (laughs) them, like, sounding crazy. Like, they kind of, you know, only a few were there like yeah. like like you they're able to articulate their goals without, like eric yeah, killmonger like, yeah. thanos like there are some that are able to do that mm-hmm. but then there's some that are like just like he he, he has no one to talk to except yeah. himself and yeah. we're seeing that and he's unloading on loki and the audience but yeah you know it's... jonathan major is a uh is a good actor i tell you that much let me let me tell you something. I I absolutely loved this scene to the point where Shreen was like, because I was I was just eating I was eating the whole thing up. Like Shreen was just like, why do you always like the crazy villains? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. They just speak to me. <laughs> Yo, uh, his his scene, like as 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 strong as Thanos came in when he came in. I feel like for me this worked a lot better cuz I although I will say that we're not we're, we're seeing good Kang versus like the Conqueror Kang we'll see that probably in season 2 or whatever but like mm-hmm. just to know go ahead. Well, we I know see, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but like I just for him just for us to know like who this guy is and who one of his incarnations will be it was really cool to have him have such like such like a, a, a swag to him where he's it's, just like he has a different vibe as yes, a character that yes. I think is an, an interesting choice. The 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 one thing that bothered me the most is the fact that he's dead. So like this is this is this that was basically his moment to really eat it up and really like play up this character before he goes the the probably like um stoic villain type that doesn't really talk much and just all about conquering although i don't know much about king conquer okay hopefully, so i will to, hopefully they gave him a personality to answer well to well he without talking comments to answer your question we know as mcu fans that king the conquer is slated to appear in ant-man yes that's why in my conversations with jordan behind the scenes of our podcast I was like, that was a rumor. That's the thing. They cast it. Ant-Man hadn't even started filming, but they'd already cast mm. him. Uh, yeah. Loki was filming. I'm like, if this is really multiversal time travel bullshit, Kang is a perfect example of a character to pull out. And so when they opened that fucking thing, and it was Jonathan Major sitting there, I'm like, holy shit, I was right. Let's fucking go. I know exactly yep. where this is going. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I, yeah, that, that, I, I share the same sentiment with you, Jordan. Like, that was such a great scene at the end of the show like it just it got me hyped i'm just like we got about like 15 minutes left of this show and i have to wait like months to see where any of this goes um in terms for me uh i 
I'm gonna say I actually I actually really enjoyed uh, the Loki's time on Lamentis and it how it <laughs> ended with with them like trying to get to the ship and it's just chaos to get there and they they don't get there but because they don't get there they actually are alive they they don't die because the ship blows up and it's it's really interesting because the entire time I was trying to guess like all right well how are they how are they gonna get back to TVA how are they gonna actually make it like this doesn't look like a, a winning strategy for them at all. Mm-hmm. But like even even how it, it, it worked out, it was like, okay, that's really cool. Like the two Lokis falling in love is a Nexus event, and that is what clues the TVA and like, oh, that's where they are. Let's go grab them because they also have a thing. They also need them for their own purposes. So like that was that for me, that was really cool. And I, I just loved the the scene where they approached the house and the the two Lokis are talking like, okay, well, how are we gonna do this? And then um, Sylvie was like, no, nah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna barge in. And then the woman shoots her, <laughs> and she flies out. And then Loki's like, all right, no, I'm gonna try. And he gets shot through. And it's just like that's I I absolutely love the the comedy in this show. And I feel like moments like that really just, although I do laugh at everything, like I I had a genuine laugh at that whole scene. Uh, another, any other moments? Any other moments? I got Loki's fighting. I could yes. only imagine yes. <laughs> if if I had eight of myself, how tired I would immediately become. <laughs> it's just like outside looking in and seeing the consistency and personality conflict. I mean, it was it was it was pretty funny. And Tom Hiddleston's the, like the only actor that can kind of do like articulate cringe, like mm-hmm. you know, in terms of like facial expressions. He was just so disappointed in himself, and I was like, "Yeah, dude, this has been you for the past ten years. Sorry, sorry, you had to see it like this, but oh, man. you're inevitable." And it, it kind of harkens back to what Thor told Loki in the elevator in Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. It's like, "Yeah, like there, there's no stopping your bullshit. I'm sorry. I, I love you, but I can't change you. Can't even change yourself." So, right, you know, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like that. Yeah, that that scene. I I found that hilarious, but it also kind of showed like out of the out of the Lokis, there's clearly a power scale where classic Loki is like, I'm just gonna put this clone. I'm gonna put the clone so convincing that other Lokis are going to fight this clone versus fighting me, and then we're gonna escape. And it's just like it's uh, it's, <laughs> that's a that's a plot point that's brought up from I want to say the second episode where they were talking about. Loki making illusions. And he can't, he stopped in the moment and explained yeah. the difference between me creating a lo- an illusion and me creating a construct. They're two different yes. things. And right, this is an right. example of him creating a construct. That was yeah. yeah. That's a, that, that was really cool. Yeah. Um yeah, for me, like on top of that, I, I really like the supermarket fight scene, whatever, where we actually get to see Sylvie and her actually like wreck stuff. Caveat to this though is that it ends with like the reason why they're there is because she has um she's been collecting the 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 prune bombs or whatever and mm-hmm. she has them all set up to to go in different timelines and we don't really get to see exactly what happens with that other than the fact that it's supposed to be a distraction for her to get to the TVA and do whatever she's going to do but for me I was really hoping to see at least like Maybe like a, a montage of, of, of the bombs just going off and like 
maybe the TVA soldiers are trying to get to them before the bombs go off, the bombs go off, and they go, ah. Or at least something, but I didn't, I didn't get anything. But I did get awesome fights, and I enjoyed them. And it was, it was really interesting to see, like, to track Sylvie going through character to character. But yeah, I, I just, I love that entire thing. I'm just waiting for Justin Hammer to come back because we saw Rocks Rock Smart or whatever, the Roxon industry. Justin mm-hmm. Hammer, Sam Rockwell, come on. Wait, Sorry, from Iron Man too. As of the oh. uh in the name of the king one shot that they did, I think one of the last one shots they did, he's in prison with his gay lover. Wait, okay, who's this character? Justin he Hammer, was, the uh, anti, villain anti Iron Man. The villain from Iron, Iron Man 2. Man, I do not. I know, right? Remember. It's 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 legit a long time ago. You're not. <laughs> it's over ten years ago. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, this guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Bring him back. Yeah, yeah. Have him partying through like the supermarket with the hurricane coming <laughs> through, <right>. dancing. Powers. <laughs> uh, okay, so actually, it, it, I actually don't have it on this list, but. The when and, and this is just because I don't I don't really follow the comics like and the MCU is pretty much the the my introduction to like comics comics and the whole Eliath thing I was I was kind of like what what is this giant smoke monster this is really just a giant smoke monster that's like people are running from <laughs> like it was one I mean, of those Aladdin. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I was so taken aback by just this is this this is very like Marvel comics. Like well, I, I will say all it's the MCU not stuff. Their interpretation of Elias because Elias isn't even a big character that like people know. No, right? It's one yeah, of those yeah, Things yeah. you have to do deep dives on, and their interpretation of Elias is literally to create the smoke monster. That's it. Like he's. Oh. It, he, he's not a giant smoke. Like he's a, from what I can I can tell from my own research. When I like I looked up Elias. He seems to be just like another King the Conqueror s character running through time and space doing shit. They just kind of took that name and put this on a generic smoke monster they needed. Okay then. Okay then. They fooled me because <laughs> I looked at it. I was like, I guess this is a comic thing. That's cool. And then I kind of like briefly looked it up. I was like, all right, cool, cool. Yeah, like that that whole thing was weird. It was it was it was weird, but it was also cool because it was just like this is how they explain this is this is what we do with the, the prune timelines. We throw them here and he just kind of does his garbage. Specifically from, and I think it clarified the sort of end of time void kind of clarifies something with how pruning works cuz pruning doesn't necessarily destroy an entire timeline. It merely yeah. destroys what was altered that would create the deviation. And I'm guessing time heals itself and everything goes back to normal. So people forget. Yeah. So it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, with that, uh, is there any other, if there's any other moments, they were all great, whatever, you know, uh, let's talk about some of the characters. Uh, we, we talked a lot about Loki. We talked a lot about Sylvie. Let's talk about Mobius. I think I, I, I love Owen Wilson. I'm a big wow fan. Like I genuinely <laughs> think he's a great actor and nothing mm-hmm. surprised me the most to see him in this show and to see him just like living it. This isn't yeah. like a 
This isn't like a oh here's a here's another act. It's not it's not like here's a big actor putting him in this mo- this this product and he's just kind of he's kind of stoically. Go- this is not an actor being cast in a DC movie and just kind of have to deal with the fact he's in it. This is not Ben Affleck in Justice League. This is <laughs> this is <laughs> Owen Wilson giving this role and being like, okay, I'm gonna play this character. I'm gonna play him oh, exactly yeah. how he works in this show, and he like. He is my favorite part of the show. Yeah. Just this character who like genuinely believes in what he's doing. It's genuinely affable, like good nature. Like you can tell, like that he's the only good person in the TVA. There's even that one scene where like he meets that small child, and he's like, he knows that this small child is going to die mm-hmm. by this, and he just has that moment with that child. I'm like, okay, so this is a character with a moral center, and it really helps to anchor our Loki and help him get to that moral place because he finds this character who essentially knows that he's evil but is believing in him in every shot and giving him a right, chance right he's mobius is great and it's so yeah. like like mobius knows loki's history and even with that he's trusting of loki and and, and believes that loki will do the right thing so real quick now think about it the the timeline where that kid gets pruned and we see the 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 devil figure on the um stained glass stained glass so that's that's just the thing that's just the thing okay okay. there's nothing special about that okay okay. i'm like is that timeline getting pruned because of the kill and because of the stained glass or that's just stained glass like that's just the thing in the back okay all right yeah no obvious i mean owen wilson had a tremendous amount of um chemistry with tom hiddleston like that that was that was expressed in the behind the scenes feature essay would do from time to time and you know like you don't want to Kind of like adjacent to what Avery said, just um, give actor a role and expect them to enjoy it. I think Marvel has done a good job in allowing actors some investment into what characters are playing. Yeah. And it's kind of all Wilson's like, yeah, I can do this. Like, this, this, like, this it, isn't it, too. It's not very far acting. from his wheelhouse. And it's like, mm-hmm. but it's just interesting. It's just different and interesting enough that it gives him something to play with. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the back and forth, like, um, I was watching. Oh, that's gonna go down a rabbit hole. Never mind. Screw that. But um, yeah, the back and forth between Loki and Mobius is so. You're watching Zoolander. That's what you're watching. Right. Reminding you this moment. <laughs> Zoolander two, actually, the strongest one. Right. I I love Zoolander. I have not touched Zoolander two with ten foot pole. Oh, you need to. You need to. It it's will. It will. Yeah, it will uh, ruin your ruin your Saturday. But um, yeah, the, yeah, like uh, Mobius and and Loki. I think right now, like I, I think uh, Tim from Kind of Funny said it. Like they were the buddy cop that he didn't get from Falcon and Winter yes. Soldier. Yeah. Although mm, I d- I disagree with that because I did see that buddy cop between Falcon and Winter Soldier. I just like. Mobius and Loki more. Together. I think what he's referring to is at a certain point they stopped doing the buddy. Like after episode two yeah. of Falcon and Winter Soldier, they sort of stopped doing the buddy cop situation yeah. to deal with the actual plot. While the throughout Loki, it's literally Owen Willis's character teaming up with another Loki character and just having a back and forth. Like him sitting down with classic Loki and talking about, "Are you guys sure that that croc, that that alligator is a Loki?" Because <laughs> yeah. I mean. He could be lying, but even if he was lying, that's so Loki. I respect that, and I'm like, that is that, that yes, is an yes. amazing scene. And and insert the subtitles saying "confused gator noises." <laughs> yeah. Confused gator noises. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I I really like him as a character, and mm. it was 
it was reassuring although you know some people are just like oh my god no one really dies in mcu but it was reassuring to see after he got pruned that he was in the void and like he survived because it was one of the things just like how are you gonna do my man like that like <laughs> that's so mm, come on please let him survive and he survives so i was like okay good 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 although, although i will say that i it's gonna be interesting to see where him and and loki how how that relationship works in this so this is essentially timeline. a brand new owen, owen wilson that he's dealing exactly, with right now yeah. they don't have that relationship in fact this is, appears to be a owen wilson who doesn't have the extensive history with loki because loki walked up to him and was like oh you must be an analyst here yeah right so yeah we'll, we'll see there i yeah um let's let's okay so let's talk about Ren, Ru- ravona or our our renslayer Renslayer, yeah. I, I always call her Renslayer, and then, like, seeing her name, I'm just like, the A and the O are not switched. I'm going to say Ruona. I'm going to say that, and I'd always say it. But, yeah, um, this is another character I absolutely loved. I'm just going to say it. It was great to see a black woman in charge, although she was in charge of something that was not great. It doesn't matter. Hey, doesn't out matter. of all of them, she's the most committed to the cause. She's like, nope, this is my life. Uh, you are obstructing <laughs> my livability, and I ain't going to have to kill my best friends. Betty is my yeah. She is my most disappointing character in the show for me. Really? Yeah. Like at a certain like, I couldn't tell where her character's like goals and aspirations were Mm. at any point in the narrative. Like at first, it seemed like okay, she's on board with everything. She's fine. Then it's like oh, by episode three to four, I'm like oh, she knows more than what she's letting on. And in episode five, like no, she doesn't. She just as confused as everyone else. I'm like, yeah. okay, that's a weird, interesting choice to make. And then by episode six, she's like, I'm going to betray everything. I-. And it's like, okay, this is this so, is very yeah. inconsistent. Just, just yeah. to comment on that, <laughs> I I think I think it is she's basically follow like TVA for her is her religion, right? Mm-hmm. Because like that's how I took it. Because in the conversation with. Uh, Mobius and Loki when Loki's guy questioning Mobius like how are you just gonna follow this without like you, you've never seen the timekeeper like isn't, isn't that weird to you and like you know Mobius um, you know shoots back by saying like you know it's we we believe that we're doing the right thing and like you don't need to necessarily see proof all the time and I think it's it, that it's that exact thing I, I feel like um, Renslayer kind of taught that onto Mobius, like when she pulled him into this. And I, I think like, you know, I'm not sure if she's she's definitely not the first variant, but like I think she's probably one it's, of the like she's not because we show we we in, in this Philly backstory we we saw so, she wow see her <laughs> as a foot soldier. And to my inconsistency, like she knows that everyone is a variant. So she has an idea of everything going around the because she like when they bring back oh, a, as a as a foot soldier. Yeah, yeah. No, not not, not as a no, fit, no, like, no, no. Like when, when, they, when she's like higher up. No, yes, when she's higher up because she knows that everyone is a variant who works in the TVA because she makes a considered considered effort to keep that information from everyone else. When it's that uh, when that one foot soldier gets brought back in and they kill her off screen, so she knows yeah. all that information. So like and then. She also has quote unquote had meetings with the timekeeper. So in my head, she's like, oh, she's in on this more than what this situation. Then it becomes like, oh no, I don't know anything. And I'm like, this is a so, weird, inconsistent choice. That's that's funny that you say it. So I, I think it was one of those things. Again, I think 
I, I don't think necessarily she knew that everyone was var with a variant. I think when it came to the A, whatever her, her name is, whatever, whatever that hunter's name was, when it the came girl to from, her... Uh, uh, what's it called? Because uh, that scene, sequence was just out of Black Mirror. Oh! Oh! Yeah, it's not, the actress isn't from Black Mirror, but the scene itself of them sipping pina coladas on, uh, in a resort felt like that Black Mirror episode. Oh, the one where they're rating everybody. The winter in paradise, where they're in that fake heaven. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. Uh. With with whatever that hunter or whatever it. To me, when she said that you know we're all variants or whatever, I think, I think. Renslayer thought, oh, that's, like she she didn't. Of course, she didn't know that. Or I well okay. In my mind, I think she didn't know that. But if that was something that a top soldier would start saying to the masses, that would just disrupt the whole system that she has in place, and that will probably most likely disturb keeping the sacred timeline yeah. like together. I would agree with that interpretation if she didn't just immediately kill her off screen. That read to me like oh. She's saying something that I know that I don't want out, not something that I don't want anybody finding out. Because she makes a considered effort to just like, I killed her off screen, don't worry about it. Here's a lie about what happened to her. Her mind deteriorated, don't worry about her. Well, I mean, I, I, I think if that's the case, then it gets, it, it's weird that when Miss Minutes give her the whatever information, she's like, oh, I'm going to go find my own free will. Because it's just like, that, you know I, that you're all there. That's my issue with the character. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I just. I. I feel like, to me, it just makes sense if she doesn't know, and then it kind of works. It's like, yeah, she's been lied to this entire time. Her faith isn't real, and now she's gonna go find her own thing. Like into that point, like her her faith wasn't real up until the point that someone confronted her, and they're like, "All right, I'm leaving now." That's what that scene true. feels like. Yeah. 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 True. 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 Yeah. Um. But like, but like I said, I agree with how strong she is an interesting character up until yeah. us halfway through the narrative. I'm like, uh, this is a very interesting role to have given this woman. And I'm like, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see more of her in season two. And I, I, I wonder how, because she's not immune to the, the effects of the multiverse. So wherever she's going, well, I guess she's there now. Theoretically, like, she's gonna... she wasn't, yeah, she wasn't in, she wasn't in, if my understanding of this, what happened is that because reality, reality has changed in that place, all that shit has happened. She was outside of it when it happened. So theoretically, she's going to retain all information about everything that's going to happen. And in right, fact, right, the TVA right. is going to uh, mold around her existence. So it's going to be like she was never there. Oh, because time Cause, heals so. Yeah, so like, because like uh, B15 and, uh, is reporting to Mobius like he's in charge. Right. If if that is the same TVA, if that's, the if same that's TVA. a different TVA where the rules are, what? Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's talk about Miss Minutes. Um, Ooh, I love Miss Minutes. Yeah, I love this... I love Miss Minutes, and I love Tara Strong. And this is one of her better voice performances, even though she's never had a bad voice before. Like, mm. you know, she kind of ate up this character, and you know, it's just. It wasn't all exposition. Like she actually added to the story and helped 
bring some tension to right. what she wouldn't talk about or what she wouldn't say, because it came pretty evident that, okay, this isn't just an operating system, you know, and, and especially at the end of it to which it's like, like, I don't know if she was giving the Loki's options under the direction of Kang or was she just acting upon herself? Like she might be a, you know, sentry for a different entity that we've yet to see, but Tara Strong, I love her. I love her character. I love her as an actor, as an actor. Yeah. You gonna say something, Avery? No, I think she was 100% operating under Kang's will and influence. I think he was just, cause he's, cause he knows, like he ultimately knows everything that's going to happen and will happen. So it's one of those things where he's, and he's just, he, he's been manipulating things from behind the scenes. That was just another bit of manipulation, like immediately presenting these people with who've worked to this place with a thing that was going to spur them forward. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it makes the most sense that Miss Minutes was working for Kang. I, I, I guess Miss Minutes was the inter, inter, inter was the, it was the middleman of Kang and TVA because he's not actually there. He's just kind of making sure things are going and even like no no there's no there's no scene where miss minutes is in the chambers of the timekeepers no right no she's not there yeah but like yeah like i that that's how i took it at least yeah i i love miss minutes as a character it was one of those things where i it was kind of weird to see her first appear she appeared on the screen no she she appeared when she gave us the history of the, the TVA and the multiverse war or whatever. And then when we see her again, when we see her again, is she's she... the operating system of that computer. Yeah. And then she jumps out of the computer. Yeah. Yeah. When she jumped out of the computer, I was like, no, no, this is not this, something's not right here <laughs> because based off the technology around this setting, y'all don't have cameras to do that. So like at that point, I was like, something's, something's up with Miss Minutes. Like, I don't. EJ, they can travel through time on magic boxes, <laughs> and yeah. they. But they got po po uh, pointy sticks with with uh, yellow lights on it, like they. Yeah, well, they I mean, like these people from reality. I mean, the the overall aesthetic of the TVA. <laughs> I I think that the aesthetic of the TVA was a great choice, like that nineteen seventies nineteen sixties vibe, which is now becoming more and more common in sci fi in terms mm -hmm. of like expressing. This is a government agency. It is going to be boring. It's going to be that, gray, TVA, yellow, and sometimes brown as an accent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> the TVA was one step away from being the Federal Bureau of Control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just, yeah, we just a lot of con just need a little bit more concrete walls. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Welcome yeah, to like, the TVA. Yeah, when I it it's 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 I wonder. Men in Black. That's what I was thinking of. Men in Black. Oh yeah, they, they also did that too. Mm -hmm. Kind of aesthetic, right? But it's just yeah. But they have, but theirs is more futuristic because of, it's more yeah. It's more futuristic to give up more alien aesthetic. But I give it your thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we y'all want to talk more about Kang? We kind of covered it. We, right? we touched we on it, but we haven't Kang. actually talked about Kang and what that means. Let's, and specifically, okay, well, the, well, before we do that, let's talk about Hunter B fifteen real quick. Yes. And okay. Again, yeah. So uh, she was a she was an interesting character because for me it was one of those things where it's like oh okay cool a strong black woman as the like head of the I guess timekeeper police awesome 
And then as she got Find more cops, <laughs> as she got more screen time, I was like, I'm guessing she's going to be an important character because she's kind of like in every other scene when they're in TVA. Like, see, the character that exists so that the faces, the grunts of the TVA have a actual face or character. Mm. And I think she is recognizing what her narrative role is. I think she does a great job with it. And I'm excited to see what they more they do with that character. But she, she didn't like, she didn't blow my skirt up in any way, shape or form in terms of like m- me watching her on screen. And I think she suffered in that episode three or something. Yeah. Episode three was where I was like, okay, this character is a little bit weird where it was like, she starts off super confrontational about everything and it's around episode three where when she starts making uh, her questioning choices, I'm like, I think this could have been a bit more smoother for that character. Well, that happened after the the Loki thing, after yeah. Loki infected her mind. But, I mean, to me, that made sense because she didn't at that point, she didn't have any of her memories. But Loki's uh, enchantment like triggered some of those. Lo- those it, memories. Did, it, it, it didn't. It didn't. Because I think the difference between what she did to uh, A-12 uh, A or something and B-15, mm-hmm. she took over B-15. It was like controlling, controlling her. Well, A-15, she was manipulating her mind and enchanting it. Because there's yeah. a scene later on where B-15 asked her to do what you did to A-15 to me, which implies that it didn't really happen. She was just more curious of what happened to A-15. So in, so in my mind, I, I think because... Because Loki's, they have a conversation, and our Loki asked Sylvie, "How do you? How does your enchantment work?" And then Sylvie told him, "I basically find a memory in your head, and I fix to that memory, and I use that memory to um, basically control you." And I think that's what happened to her, where where um, Sylvie uh, uh, attached to a memory that was before B 15s time at the TVA. And that's what made her start thinking, like, wait, what what was that thing? Like, I don't I don't remember that. I have to rewatch episode three and four uh, to confirm. I can't, I can't think we're both coming at it from two separate angles. Because yeah. in my head, what happened was she was super advertational and then confronting because she was one of the first people who found a 12 and a 12 was mm-hmm. screaming about being a variant. But it's yeah. that moment where I'm like, I it doesn't connect for me that she would immediately make that jump about what a 12 is it's screaming. It's like, I'd have to rewatch it, but yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I see what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, okay. So with that being, uh, Jordan, you got anything? B15? No, no, B15. She was a solid character. She was, a, you know, um, her character served well in, Reinforcing any type of hardened, like when 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 it became more and more clear that the TVA was not to be trusted, mm-hmm. the way they situated her as this almost Ravana style character, as in like she was very much so drinking the Kool Aid of TVA, right. slowly chipping away, and you know, great for the big reveal. So I'm and the, her character, and 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 then leading to basically a a. a a reformist or revolutionary within the organization. You know, she was not afraid of attacking her fellow socialists. Which we yeah. didn't really see, which I'm a little uh, upset about. And it was also weird that um, Brent Slayer put her in the weird 
wall prison like that was a weird like is this a space where only renslayer Look, knows man, about the tva none <laughs> of the tva's rules make any sense like everyone's a variant <laughs> yeah. they literally all they have to do is they they put everyone in front of a court and they just they're gonna prune you anyway so like what's well did, didn't That's hunter all... Beaverteen um breach the chambers of the uh yeah the, the tribunal so yeah she wasn't afraid of yeah it, her colleagues. yeah that was as that was after the Lokis were in and they were causing some ruckus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, let's, let's, let's talk about Kang. Uh, uh, you can... Okay, yeah, first, off, first off, they introduced this character as He Who Remains, who is a mm-hmm. actual separate Marvel character, which mm-hmm. is just a old, wizen-looking white dude. So the minute Jonathan Major shows up and introduces himself as he who, he who Remains, I'm like, okay, this is this can't based on everything that this character acts and does it it's he, he's clearly not kang to me he's a variant or kang has a really interesting timeline as a character in that um, this is a mini primer of the kang the conqueror ca- character for anyone who doesn't read comics in our near future a young boy named nathaniel richards who may or may not be descended from dr doom or reed richards mm-hmm. uh gets time travel technology he travels to the past under the identity of the silver Sin- no it's it's this weird crimson something character he's event he eventually becomes a pharaoh in e- ancient egypt named ramatut who's like an old fantastic four villain and then eventually he becomes king of the conqueror he eventually becomes king of the conqueror but then eventually he stops being king of the conqueror and becomes a character named Amortis. And the interesting thing about Kang is all these characters exist at the same time. So frequently, Kang stories will involve Immortus coming from the future and saying, hey, guys, I'm fucking up right now. I'm going to need y'all to stop me. <laughs> <laughs> and then meanwhile, a younger... So then Nathaniel Richards' character, because of Kang's influence, also ends up being pulled out of the timeline as a separate character named Iron Lad with the whole thing. So there's a young version of Kang who's like, I don't want to grow up to be Kang the Conqueror. And there's an old version of Kang being like, Kang the Conqueror sucks. I'm trying to be a good guy. It's the whole thing. That's wild. Yeah, so this character clearly doesn't read as Kang to me. He reads as a Mortis. Yeah. A version of yeah. Kang who is technically not a good guy, but is not a villain. That's the most interesting thing about this ending and what this Kang represents is like, despite all the shit he's doing, and the ends justify the means of everything he's doing, Clearly, what he was doing was the right thing, and choices characters make, choices both the Sylvie and Loki characters make, truly define good and evil in regards to the future of the Marvel Universe. Mm. He is oh, chaotic, them, them evil, breaking and I the time for that. Like them, them breaking the timeline can be interpreted as a bad thing. Yes, because he pretty much says, "Like, hey guys, everything I'm doing is let's. I'll, I'll be frank. Morality doesn't mean shit to me. I'm a, I'm an eons old guy who knows all time and space. Whatever." And I think morality, neutral. morality is a construct based on a lot of things, but whatever. So I, I get where this character is coming from. But he pretty much tells them, hey, if you do this, I will be replaced by a version of me who is worse. Yep. But them, them pruning realities, and this is you know, articulating the choices here, them pruning realities is a quote-unquote necessary evil to prevent the, the worst outcome. Yes. In his eyes, yes. Yeah, mm. and then our Loki recognizes that as, yeah, like, yeah, that 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 that's a thing. And our Sylvie, she disregard. 
she's so caught up in her own vengeance it that was. she that she just ignores everything and just kills him outright. And the timeline and time time breaks. Like there's no there's no looking at the outcome of this and not being like, yeah, Sylvie made the bad choice. She did the Star Lord of this of this story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh my god, that guy, boy! Don't get emotional in a Marvel film, you might. Yeah. But even even out. even like uh, in in this whole like scene or whatever, when he's talking to them and he stops, he's like, "You've reached your threshold." Like that scene, he I felt like he did that so well. It was just like he he well he picked up the apple and dropped, it and he's like, "Oh." Oh, I know, yeah, I've never seen this before. Cool. Yeah, right? <laughs> it was like, what? Gravity? Oh Addicted? Gravity? <laughs> what? Hey, he was like, okay, I might have lied. Uh, up until this point, I don't know what's going to happen, so I'm just going to sit here and watch. <laughs> and I, th- I think there was a case uh, for them to call, call his bluff, like, you, whatever, man. Like, you're bullshitting mm-hmm. us. You're telling me you, you're telling me you been here for eons and eons. Like, we just didn't <laughs> even know you before, but... Well, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Big, yeah big part of his character is like, hey, man, I manipulated everything to get you two here. Mm-hmm. Like, to back to that whole Sylvie thing, like how random it was that they just sort of picked her up and brought her here. If everything he says is true, they only did that because he knew that she would break free and become this figure and grow up and do this and come to him at this point. Yep. The only thing he didn't know was whether she would uh, take, the, take vengeance or follow, the, follow what he thought was right. Right, mm-hmm. right. I, I love I, I love everything about like here's the thing. I'm glad that this character dies at the end of this because I'm not sure I could deal with this interpretation of Kang the Conqueror going forward. Oh yeah. Well, like mm. the the like uh the the jokey slightly kinda. unhinged, jokey, yeah. like clearly not in the same genre as the characters around him. <laughs> like I enjoyed it in this scene. It it it, it makes essentially a giant exposition dump just fly and be this interesting conversation where he's not even talking to the two characters. He's talking to us as the audience. Like, exactly. hey man, this is everything I'm doing. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, and I'm like, oh, this is really cool. But if I have to, and that's my big fear because this character is going to be an Ant-Man and like in my head, he's going to keep this jovial nature in that movie. I'm like, mm. I, I don't want this. I, I need Kane the Conqueror to be a stern, regal villain with gravitas. Like real cojones. Like, like the way Thanos is is the way I want Kane. I feel like I feel like we're gonna get that, and I, I think I think the reason why we got this version of Kang is so we have something to remember. Like, oh, this guy is capable of you know having this kind of personality, but we're getting this very like as I was saying earlier, like this stoic bad guy that's like. Like yeah, all I want is all I want to do is conquer. Like I don't really care about who you are. Like I don't, you're nothing to me, kind of thing. Like I'm pretty sure we're gonna get that in season two of Loki. My question though is, when is Ant Man and was it Quantumania? When is that supposed to? Uh, it's. That I know they start year? filming now, so it might, it's, oh, okay, I think it's next okay. year. Okay. Okay. So I I wonder if we're gonna get that before season two of Loki. I feel like it might make sense yes, for us to get because, like, okay, okay. Because Marvel right now is in. Uh, let me bring it up because I think I had this conversation with someone else. Mm-hmm. The current, we know in advance, like ten MCU shows. They could easily slot something in for Loki season two, but that requires them pushing other things back. And because all these shows are now so intimately tied into each other, yeah, 
it's going to it's it's one of those things where we might get another Falcon and Winter Soldier Black Widow situation where they have to start playing 3D chess to get the season in when in reality they can ultimately just do everything as they go in and just put the show in the background because odds yeah. are the events of this show are going to spill into Doctor Strange, Spider Man, and so we're going to see the ramifications yeah. of this there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, yeah. um, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania comes out February seventeenth, twenty twenty three. So spring oh. twenty twenty three for the most part. Okay, so okay. be a little bit of time. We got a whole year in between, huh? Okay. Yeah. So I guess. Uh... We we talked about the the the, the group of Loki's. You, you guys ain't got anything else to say about them, or are we want to? I I know I said my. Piece. I would say done more of Kid Loki. I think that oh. character just existed to be just Kid Loki, and he didn't really do much of him because they were focused on classic Loki. Yeah, because that's a character that like of the characters that they introduced, that is the most important one based on the if they're doing Young Avengers, and I don't think they Kid Loki gave it... or classic Kid Loki. Kid Kid Loki. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. And they didn't do enough for that to be like we're gonna see this version going forward. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, in, in terms of that whole thing, I, I think for me, classic Loki was the standout Loki because he pretty much had the the whole um you know, like I I pretty much did everything and I, I thought like, okay, well I need to get away from this because well, it's I it's literally it. our Loki, except at the end of Infinity but the beginning of Infinity War, he faked his death. Yeah. That's the yeah, only became difference. The floating, yeah. <laughs> He did what everyone thought was going to happen in that movie. Right. He just faked his death and ran away. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, uh, the other Lokis, I, 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 I really wish there was more to them. Like, it was, one thing, it was one of the things where it's like, okay, so we get, like, three different Lokis. And I think, I think when I asked the question, well, is these the only Lokis that survive? We were presented mm. with the rest of the Lokis, and it's like, okay, cool. Now we know where they are. Although it was weird because I I was waiting for because at the beginning of the series we see Mobius or maybe it's B fifteen. They're scrolling through the different Lokis. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like, demonstrating to like Loki a, a bunch of weird variants of Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like I was I was hoping to see at least a couple of those Lokis in this batch of Lokis, but I don't think there was any like because I, I was I was especially waiting for like the yellowish like muscle or muscle muscle. Uh, I think it was more of a frost giant kind of a, aesthetic it, that they were uh, going for. And yeah, I think okay, it was okay. just the effects uh, that they were working on that gave it that weird yellow gene. look. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh yeah, so that was that was something. But other than that, it was like, okay, this is a cool scene. And then it's like, I, I guess it's, it's that seems there just to, you know, be like an Easter egg for the people looking for Easter eggs. But um, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and we don't need to sit and like point at the Easter eggs. There was a lot of Easter eggs in this movie or in this uh, TV show. Like there was a lot. Was frog a lot. Thor, Kenneman. Yeah, man. Frog Thor. Yeah, yeah. Being voiced by, <laughs> even though you really can't hear it, being voiced by Chris Hemsworth. Oh, he did. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh my gosh. But yeah, uh, there was, as I said at the beginning, there was the uh, Thanos copter. There was the helmet from one of the bad guys from Ant-Man, just in the... It was the Yellow Jacket helmet. There you go. Yeah. So, um, which, that one was interesting because he got sucked into the, the, the Quantum Realm quantum or something realm. like that, right? Yeah. Yes. So, that just... He also got that. sucked into the Quantum Realm inside out. God, Jesus. Remember, his suit collapsed in on itself and his body oh, was like... Oh, God. Lord, like, oh. One of possibly one of the most visceral 
deaths in the ball cinematic universe. I was like, that is <laughs> fucked up. Just shoot him next time. <laughs> right. Just shoot him in the face. <laughs> End his misery, please. Uh, okay, so I think we can end this cast with the question. Mm-hmm. What does this mean for the rest of the MCU parentheses MCM? Which is I'm gonna get know, weird. Marvel. I'm gonna get weird quick. And with it being weird means more possibility and new characters that people weren't even thinking about. Like I wanna have Stiltsman. Bring him in. <laughs> acted by Mel Gibson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That's I, how it be though. That's how that's how it be. Like the fucking <laughs> You know, sir, sir, something. You know, sir, sir. Um, uh, let's not get the answer. Let's not. Let's not give the anti-semi a job right now. <laughs> like I, I, get, I know what you're talking about, Jordan, but like let's let's pick another venerable actor of his era. <laughs> what's like, Danny Glover doing? There's going to be more of that going on. There's going to yeah. be more of like just characters coming in that you wouldn't even think about. And you know, Marvel is or at least the leadership of Marvel is good at bringing forth you know new ideas that make sense but this is this kind of just fucks everything i mean like, not to fucks everything up but it cuts all of the the drag from of like the of what it, phase like, one two and three was so it just kind of like, a big a big refresh what, what you're alluding to is there is no limit to what they can do now with what the, the end of this show is going to be uh in uh, in regards to the mcu going forward we know uh, Shang-Chi and Eternals are two are going to be two relatively grounded in the Marvel universe that we know. But we have are are they though? Because in my mind, I was again. This is just me spitballing at like two o'clock in the morning, looking at my my baby. Like I wonder if it be a thing where Shang-Chi is actually in a different universe, where like the only the only thing that we have tied is. Um, the guy from Doctor Strange, because we see him fighting Abomination. A long and Abomination. That gives you the bullshit that I don't want to see. <laughs> they, they, like that's dumb. That's dumb. I, I, you can find them like. Put on your you, brown pants, Avery. <laughs> so that's so dumb. Just put him in the narrative. You want to ask the question: Where was he doing Infinity War? I don't know. Living his normal life. Because at that point in his narrative, he's living his normal life. Yeah, Is I mean, that- like. Yeah. I'd imagine I'd imagine they save all the weird stuff for the What If series. Like now, the What If series can exist. What If is going to be tentacles. next level bonkers. Absolutely no rules. It's whatever we can, whatever cool idea we can think of, we're going to get in What If. But everything mm. else is, I think, is going to be relatively grounded in what stories they want to tell. So yeah, I think Shang Chi and Eternals are going to be relatively grounded in, especially in Eternals, is going to set up more of the cosmic Marvel universe as we know it. See, my problem with the Eternals is. Uh, I'm I'm really big on power scales, and I feel like with what I've learned from Eternals, because up at this point, I never knew who the Eternals were until like I started looking at this stuff. But like Angelina Jolie and Paperboy, like <laughs> they're on a scale where they're at they're Thor's not... level. They're at Thor's level. They're at Thor. Yeah, That's they're, it. They're... Yeah, they're at Thor's I'm, level. I'm 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 this I'm this I'm I'm or whatever whatever well, uh, term Thor they use for... is the strongest Avenger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interest. Okay, I thought I thought they were like, I thought they were higher than like Thor. Like I, I thought it's, they were there, like. There's some there's some controversy like... in that because Marvel fucked up what the Eternals are in this film and changed things. Because Thanos is an Eternal 
in the yes. comics. Right, yeah. yeah. So, by that logic, you're like, oh, they're on Thanos' level. But in like reality, they're more like a Thor's level. And okay. they've already they've already they've already given them their way they they have to deal with it. They've given the Eternals their out and being like, we don't involve ourselves in human affairs. That's why they weren't involved in everything going on. So yeah. we're moving on from there. Well, like it's is with with the Eternals and and this X Men conversation because like, they fucked up the um, Inhumans. Well, well, yeah, the Inhumans, <laughs> yeah. real bad. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like you know, I, I just know that the Internals are a part of the humanoid hierarchy that it, that can exist. Like, right? Marvel constantly rewrites their own cosmology on a regular basis. So like, there's not much I can really bring into this conversation, but to say <laughs> that, yes. At some point, ancient aliens came by and came from the, from the future, from the cosmos, came down to Earth and created three separate fucking superhero variants on Earth that we just had to deal with. Sounds about but, right. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah, we Eternals have. and Shang-Chi. And then we've got Spider- uh, the back-to-back of Spider-Man No, uh, no Way Home and Doctor Strange and uh, Ma- Multiverse of Madness. The rumor of Spider-Man is that it's fucking three Spider-Men. It's this is it I, better be. It's into the Spider Verse, but with uh, Peter Parker. I'm of the mindset that this was super dumb. I don't like this at all. Wow. I think we should have let the past, <laughs> we should let the past die, and we should actually create no. a like my big issue with the you, Tom Holland. You spit on the soil that we are created from. So. My big issue with the Tom Holland <laughs> Spider Man is that he's never got to sit down and just be Spider Man. Like he's never got to fight crime in New York City, be the classic oh. Spider Man. Like, well, there's there there is like that theory of you know Kevin Feige just made a whiteboard of what was being what was done in the last two tr- like quote unquote trilogies and like okay we can't do this we can't do this we can't do this we have to move as far away from New York as possible yeah. so we can like have like a an actual I, fresh yeah. story. I, I, agree I agree with, with that though. I agree but. with that, and they needed to do that because that was one of the most refreshing things about the, the, the current Spider-Man is like it doesn't have the baggage that the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man had when it began, where it just decided to do the exact same thing except worse. Uh, but but I want to see this Peter Parker be the classic Spider-Man. He's never got that chance, and now we're immediately throwing him into into the Spider-Verse only because Sony is so. And I hey, I love PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. But I'm gonna talk some shit. Sony is so inept <laughs> in managing their the fucking Spider-Man franchise that they did into the Spider-Verse and immediately said, all right, let's do it again. <laughs> Who's gonna stop us? <laughs> but yeah, like, like, this would I... be a great movie if this was the fourth Spider-Man movie. But this is the okay, third okay. in the trilogy that ends so... with him teaming up with like the quote unquote other Spider-Man. My thing is, I don't know if a normal Spider-Man movie would work right now because yeah. of everything that that's surrounding okay. that. It's just be like, oh, so we got this really small story of Spider-Man. It wouldn't be impossible, though. It, it would that, not be Spider-Man, impossible. I, I think I think it'd be a cool thing if like No Way Home starts out like that, where it's like a small Spider-Man movie, but then like something happens and he runs into. He, 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 but uh, Spider-Man's being pursued. He's he's a he's a fugitive. Well, that's another issue. Like he's at the end of the last movie, it ended with him being wanted for murder, because yeah. uh, fucking Mysterio put out that thing about Spider Man murdered me. Here's doctored yeah, footage of him fake. killing me. Uh, that didn't get cleared up. No, nah. that's my thing. That's why this should be a Spider Man movie. Well, No Way Home, right? He, or Far From no Home? Way Which home. one is it? No Way Home. No, 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 way no. Home. it's like I. We know Doctor Strange is going to be the Avenger in uh, in uh, in like in uh, in residence in this movie, filling in the mm-hmm. role of Nick Fury and Tony Stark from the previous movies. Okay. Which I think 
I'm fine with because in comics those two have an interesting relationship. So this is fine with. I just don't want the multiverse bullshit. I just, and I think it's, it sounds. It sound for me this movie sounds like Sony is putting so many fingers into the MCU pot because if this movie succeeds, they can finally bring fingers. They they can finally bring Spider Man into all their stupid movies that they're they're making in the background, like all the like Tom Holland. Yeah, yeah like bullshit. You, you know what? Put, yeah, that actually, this this is possibly. I think yeah, I think Sony executives are like, yes, it no longer matters. We can I, do it now. I would. But I mean, I, like in terms of, like bringing in Venom and all that shit, they can. They I wouldn't be opposed. I wouldn't be opposed to Venom coming oh, geez, over. Tomorrow. Venom is awful. I love. I, I, <laughs> no, I, 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 the character in the movie for trash. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I, I think I think Sony has like a, has a weird green light now. I'm saying, you know what? So dumb. But yeah, so Spider-Man No Way Home and then Multiverse of Madness. We already knew going into it that Wanda Maximoff was going to be involved as a side character. At the same time, they had the director switch, so it's like fucking not even uh, Scott Derrickson. It's actually Sam Raimi, which is actually pretty cool because he's yes. always wanted to do Doctor Strange. Sam Raimi's great. And there's a question, is this going to be dealing with the fact that Baron Mordo also left at the end of Doctor Strange 1 like, I'm coming back as a villain? Bring in, bring in, bring in Doctor Voodoo. And then the other rumors, well, access through. The other rumor is that Loki is going to show up in this movie as well. Because Tom Holland has shown up in London, still with his Loki haircut when Doctor Strange was filming, even though Loki had already finished. Interesting. So, of the two, I'm more excited for Doctor Strange because it's going to be Doctor Strange's job to define what the multiverse is going forward. Yeah, at least That's going to be his it. job. Spider-Man's going to fuck it up, and Doctor Strange is going to fix it. <laughs> yeah, at least, at least handle all the externalities because yeah, Doctor Strange is playing double duty nowadays. Like fuck, none of the Avengers are here. I have to clean up I, everyone's shit. Captain Marvel isn't on Earth. I'm the strongest person on this planet right now. Mm-hmm. I got, I got, just, I got shit to deal with, guys. We yeah. we just need to hard cut to um, uh, Doctor Strange selling his soul for all the power. So it's just so easy button every time he does that. It just doesn't matter. No one can fuck with him because he's wow. so soul. He's like fuck it. So uh, before we end, I do want to say one thing about I. I part of me wonders because I feel like Marvel just hasn't missed, and I think I, I'm hoping that. Um, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 My, my my thing just went got kind of weird. Um, I'm. You're thinking about how I... dumb Venom is. <laughs> your mind just blanked out because like I, it's, 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 it's a Sony yeah, movie. DJ, keep talking. I'm not talking. About Venom. I'm talking about what if. I'm hoping that certain things in what if, like mm-hmm. like maybe we see. Uh, I don't know if if it could be like Kang or Loki or or some like. We get something that connects them all together. Yes. Where to that, continue. No, no, no. I, I was just, that's basically what I'm saying. Like maybe to that point, when when what if was initially announced, I just thought it was going to be a bunch of what ifs, like just mm-hmm. cool ancillary stories that we can tell and things. However, rewatching the recent trailer, there are shots in that trailer of various characters interacting. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. You're in, right. You're in, right. You're in, right. Yes. Yeah, so it's in my understanding that multiverse of madness. Ties not uh, the event of Loki are going to tie into what if. It's why what if is specifically coming after Loki to justify multiverse, and there's right. going to be some sort of multiversal stuff going on. I wouldn't be surprised if a version of Kang shows up and he give you a proper introduction before he shows up in Ant Man, so they don't have to do yeah. any of the work there. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, no, that I, was, that I, was, was, I was under the impression that the multi, like, that the What If series is basically an expression of the events of Loki. Like, just talking about the various timelines that have just birthed from that decision. Right. I was, I, was, I was wondering or hoping that it would be like, we get to see Kang, like, somehow it would be a thing where the, the different, the different what-if characters are coming together to deal with Kang because Kang is the only constant in all their timelines of Kang the Conqueror being yeah. the only constant. The yeah. only thing we all need to keep in mind with what-if is it's not, I think it's going to be the most inconsequential of the shows they make. But it's yeah. sheer virtue yeah. of the way it's made. They cannot get most of those actors back. Some of them, unfortunately, have passed away. So there's no right. real thing they can take from that and use the proper MCU. That's Isn't Jordan Peele the Watcher? Uh, no, it's uh, Jeffrey Wright. Okay. It would have been cool if Jordan Peele was a Watcher, though. That'd be cool. <laughs> it would be. All right. Um, yeah, I think we, we, pretty much, we pretty much hit like all the stuff, right? I think so. Yeah, I mean, unless you want the rundown of what the other MCU shows that they're making in, before we're getting into Loki season two. Oh, no. We no. We'll, no. We'll get to those when we, we when have work tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Uh, with that being said, this has been a wonderful ramble of Press X to Ramble about Loki. We hope you enjoyed this ramble as much as we enjoyed rambling. Uh, don't forget to rate us on your favorite podcasting apps and like and subscribe on your favorite YouTube channel. That's our channel. In case you missed any of this, you can find all the details and more on our website at pressx2start.com. You can also find the different places where we are and where you should follow us. Yes, do that. Um, we'll see you. Uh, I guess no. This this should come out before the weekly podcast if um, if I'm able to to get that done so uh we'll see you in our, our normal weekly podcast take care bye everyone everybody